Welcome, everybody, to episode number 28 of your favorite, favorite show, Weekly Roundup with Ricky. We're going to get right into the meat of the show tonight, and we are going to be looking right at our project updates first. So jumping right into it, we have about, so talking about our phase two mint, um, again, just a high level. We are in no rush to finish up phase two. Uh, high level, we're looking really good in terms of getting started with, uh, in a way, we already started with the company creation process for TCFX, so nothing to worry there. Uh, we can keep the mint open as long as we want. There's no rush. Uh, we want to give people time to read about our project, learn about us, see the quality that we're building. Uh, so we'll, we're not rushing anyway. Uh, to get that done. So we're sitting at about 350 Leons minted for phase two that have a total of thousand. Uh, we updated the mint conditions just to adapt to the changing market and also be mindful of everybody that has supported us so far. You know that we're always dropping surprises for people that have been here since the start, people that have joined the journey, everybody. So there's a new mint condition and it is if you mint 10 Leons, you get one for free. So we're airdropping for every 10 Leons you mint for phase two, you'll be airdropped one um, special Leon. Um, so the good news is uh, this whole process is going to be automated and we're going to take an Etherscan snapshot and the holders are going to be able to see their uh, airdrop Leons in their hidden folder in OpenSea. So the airdrop is going to take place on Monday. So everybody that wants to mint more Leons, you got till Monday. Um, make sure you do that. Uh, once the air, once the snapshot's taken, uh, we would be able to, whenever gas fees is low enough, we'll be able to airdrop everybody their Leons. So remember, you get one Leon for every 10 Leons you mint in phase two. Snapshot's going to happen Monday. And you will see your Leons in the hidden folder in OpenSea. Once the snapshot's done and once we have airdropped them, you'll see them in the announcements and you'll be able to um, look at your wonderful Leons. Talking about the company creation process. So Alex Antonio had a meeting with their lawyer, Vincent from Leaks. Uh, again, those that have attended the mint party that I organized for phase two, they know we looked through the website and looked at all the managing partners of the law firm. We also looked at Vincent's profile. Um, so they, they met with Vincent and they were, they're wasting no time. They met with him last Friday and it, it, the meeting went really good and they agreed upon a deal to start the first phase of, uh, procedures for starting the company creation. And we can expect about one to two weeks of a turnaround time on this first phase of company creation, which is wonderful. Then they met with our notary, Gregory, uh, today. He has worked for Lenz and Stalin, uh, which is the biggest Swiss law firm. And he's very familiar with tokenization. So we met with him as well, talking about our fiduciary that will be required as well for the whole process. Uh, he took some time to answer some of the questions that were remaining uh, that Alex Antonio asked about the company creation. Uh, he, uh, they also discussed their long-term collaboration and uh, his job is gonna be 
mainly he's going to come into play mainly once the company is established. So um, it was good to get that ball rolling as well. So as you see, guys, Leon family doesn't believe in sitting around and waiting. If we have what we need, even if it's not uh, the complete picture of what we wanted, we still move forward. That is the way of the Leons. We adapt and we move. We we want to be the first movers. We want that first mover advantage in the market. So moving in all fronts, moving in the company creation process, moving with the notary, moving with the fiduciary, all the things are happening in parallel. And you, and you must think like, oh, wow, they're doing so much. Well, I got more for you. Uh, if you haven't looked at the announcements yet, please go check out the announcement. I mentioned in the last last week's roundup that we're going to be looking at rebranding ourselves. We're going to move away from just being MetaLeon centric to slowly transitioning over some spotlight to TCFX because that is where the meat of the project lies. doesn't mean MetaLeon Society takes a backseat. It just means that there's more, we're just organically transitioning over to the revenue generating side of the business now that the Meta Leon Society brand is very strong and it's been successfully created. So the rebranding, if you notice, uh, there's a lot that goes into rebranding. So if you notice the server, we made a lot of changes to the server, the color changes, the, the, the channels that are available to the public. They're bare minimum at this point. Holders get a lot more benefits. We changed uh, the holder colors. Um, just making just making the Leon server a lot more exclusive, which we want it to be as TCFX rolls out, start generating revenue. Uh, we just we just want it to be we want our Leon family to feel more and more special as we keep growing with the project. So the rebranding is there. If you notice, we created a new banner and a new PFP. Um, Meta Leon Society's got a we've got a new PFP for the server as well for our Twitter. Uh, so if you want to grab that banner, um, there's no there's no necessity or anything. Uh, if you really like the banner, we would love feedback. Uh, so far, it's been very positive. It shows the integrity, not the in integrity, the integration that we have between MetaLeon Society and TCFX. It's very important for people to see that these two sister companies, they're so essential for each other's existence and they feed into each other. Um, so it's very important to update our branding to show that as well. Um, so hopefully you've seen that, uh, again, um, uh, the next thing is where else? Yeah. So just a final reminder before I wrap up all of the updates, that's pretty much what I had for our project. Again, those of you that joined a little bit later, uh, we have figured out a way to automate the airdrop for everybody that has minted in phase two. So if you minted 10 Leons, um, you get one Leon per 10 Leons that are minted in phase two. We're going to be taking a snapshot and it's all going to be automated. All the wallets are going to be taken into account. Um, it's going to happen next Monday. And once the snapshot's taken, we're going to automate the sending out of the airdrop Leons to everybody. And once those are out, you will be able to see them in your hidden folder, and then you can unhide them. It's just how OpenSea handles airdrops. Um, so I know last time we did an airdrop, people were worried they didn't get their Leon. So it's it will be in your hidden folder. So once that happens, you'll get you get a notification from us. So exciting times. All right. 
And those are all the project updates. I know you're excited. I know I am excited. There's there's a lot happening, guys. We we're not waiting around. Like I said, um, day in and day out, there's so many updates that we have from the project side and uh, the company creation. We're just going full force. And just to reiterate. In order for us to start building out the ecosystem, we have to mint out. Again, nothing is stopping us from keeping the mint open. So if we're lucky enough and we can uh, finish up the rest of the mint, we will be able to start our work on the ecosystem. And if you notice in the server, I, I can't remember who asked the question, but Alex answered it really perfectly. Uh, we're, we're not waiting around to have the the backbone of what our ecosystem is going to look like. All the details have been hashed out since last year. So all the details of the ecosystem are out there. We just have to make minor adjustments and get it technically accomplished by our, our development team. So you know we're always planning ahead of time. That's the Leon way. That's how we function. All the things that we have on the roadmap have been hashed out already. It's just the implementation part that requires the funds. That's how it is. And we've been very transparent with how the funds are being used. So if we get to that point, we'll be able to deliver the ecosystem. If not, then I'll probably have to wait till Q4. Um, nothing really groundbreakingly um, slowing us down there. So nothing to worry. The important part is getting the company out and getting TCFX functional. That is our priority. Um, and that's what we're focusing on. So. Uh, just an update on that part of uh, the ecosystem as well. Now, moving on to the market updates. Um, as you remember, I started a few sections uh, a few weeks ago. The first section I wanted to talk about was the banking collapse that's been happening all over the world. It started with the U.S. with the Silicon Valley Bank and uh, Silvergate Bank, Signature Bank, a bunch of these banks that just went under and went bankrupt. And basically, um, the next bank to go down, and it's very surprising because it's one of the largest banks in Switzerland, Credit Suisse, which has been around for over 150 years and is one of the largest banks, it went down. Um, and it's, I think, the reason is, again, um, the increasing interest rates from the U.S. Fed. I, rem I reminded everybody last week that the U.S. is still the financial center of the world. So anything that happens in the U.S. has ripple effects all over the world, especially Europe. So the increasing increasing of the interest rates has definitely caused uh, Credit Suisse to go down. Uh, what's happened is UBS Bank, which is another large bank in uh, Switzerland, has stepped in and bought out Credit Suisse for just $3.2 billion dollars. And I'm saying just $3.2 billion because Credit Suisse is supposedly supposed to have about $1 trillion in assets under management. So um, they got a really good deal there. Uh, government of Switzerland, their central bank is stepping in and providing another $100 billion in credit line to UBS to ensure that the deal goes perfectly. Here's my reminder to you guys. Government working so hard to make sure that the largest bank just doesn't go under and gets absorbed by another larger bank. Banking system is a Ponzi. You see what's happening when these house of cards collapse. This is no different than what, what FTX did, by the way. When FTX committed a fraud, Sam Bankrupt freed and everybody else goes to jail. Again, don't get me wrong. 
what he did was fraud and he definitely deserves to go to jail for that. I don't know if he's going to, but I hope he does. But when bankers do something wrong, they do the same thing. They over leverage themselves and lose people's money. They get bailed out by the government. So just a reminder why we're in this industry, because the current system, it's all these dead skeletons are now showing um, and everybody can see in open public that how biased the traditional financial systems are. They're not designed for you or me. They're designed to keep the rich rich. And those are the banks and the friends and the politicians, all these people, the powerful people. And crypto and Web3 is our answer to be able to um, get some control over our assets and that's the value of web3 and crypto self-custody while these banks are collapsing currencies are losing their value they're they're getting debased inflation is running rampant people can't believe where to invest stocks are going down the only place that is safe right now is crypto and this is again i don't say this as a financial advice i say it as common sense i would never put my any larger portion of my net worth ever again in a bank and this is something coming from someone who was raised by someone who worked in a bank their entire lives. And when, my to when I explained crypto to my dad, the first thing he said was if crypto was around when he was working at the bank, he would have never worked in banking. He would have worked in crypto because it's transparent, it's honest, and it preserves your value of um, assets. So Credit Suisse has gone down. Um, and the joke here is, and this is funny and sad at the same time, because the CEO of Credit Suisse two years ago, and the funny thing is, <laughs> and the funny part of this is the CEO two years ago went on to media and said that Bitcoin is the definition of a bubble that is ready to burst. And two years later, uh, Credit Suisse is the bank that uh, thought crypto people are monkeys and all they care about is uh, price go up or price go down. Well, guess what? Credit Suisse went down and crypto is doing just fine. Bitcoin is up 20% over two days um, and not willing to stop. Why? Because people are slowly realizing that the only safe place to be is self-custody and crypto. And that is why the banking crackdown is happening in the U.S. And we're going to talk about it here in a second. Um, all this crackdown that's happening all over the world uh, when banks are collapsing and everything, uh, this is just a textbook Ponzi scheme falling apart. The only way banking system can sustain itself is for their central banks to keep printing more money. And that's just that's just not sustainable. And we can see what's happening with all that printing. The more money they print, the more inflation goes up. The more inflation goes up, the harder it gets to afford things, the more mad the average person gets. Chances of riots, they get mad. And it's just a it's a cycle that never ends. So it's just a dead spiral at this point. So all we have to do is sit back and observe because we're safe. We're here. We're right now. We're ahead of the curve. The average person is right now pulling their hairs out, worrying about where they put their money because they're banks that they trusted so much. And these people that made fun of us for investing in crypto, um, they're all running to us at this point because guess what? Their trusted banks are not trustable anymore. When your biggest banks, governments cannot let their banks collapse because 
the whole banking sector is based on one thing, and that is trust. And the one thing that all the banks all over the world are losing at this point is trust. So the Fed right now, the U.S. Fed um, just announced that they're going to increase their interest rates by another 0.25%. And I think the total interest at this point is sitting at 5%, which is a historical high. Like it has never been this high for about 50 years. So what is it going to do? The increase in interest rate is causing all the banks to collapse, and it's this collapse is going to keep expediting at this point. So we just got to sit back and watch, guys. That's what I'm saying. Because the Fed is in a very difficult place right now. Because Fed is the number one, it, it's like the most important agency in the world. And they're also based on complete trust. If people lose trust in, in the Fed, if you look at your dollar bill, for those of you that, you're, that are in the United States, the dollar bill is basically a contract between you and the government. The government is promising you that you're going to get $1 worth of assets if you switch this note to someone over. You pass it over to someone. It's not backed by anything. So it's just a promise. It's like if I write on a piece of paper that I promise you I'll give you $5, I give you five chocolates. And the only difference is you're not going to trust me because I'm just a random person. But the promise is the same. It's the government promising you that you have to show your trust in the government. But guess what's happening? With these major banks collapsing, people are losing trust in government. And they can have that happen. So it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time. People are panicking and everything. I tell people, take your time to actually appreciate what's happening right now. This is a revolution of a lifetime. We're actually seeing the financial system being challenged by a technology that is better and whenever a better technology exists it over time people gravitate towards that and that is why the us is working so hard on operation choke point 2.0 to cut out crypto from the traditional banking sector so now we're going to talk about operation choke point updates we already had some updates last week so this week uh, what is Operation Choke Point again? I'm going to give you a quick a quick refresher on that. It is basically government agencies in the U.S. coordinating um, together to make sure that crypto does not get the banking services it, it requires to function properly. Even though crypto is decentralized, you can own your assets, all that stuff. But sometimes like some of these centralized companies are essential for adoption. Not everybody's going to have a ledger. Not everybody's grandparent is going to own a ledger and custody their own crypto. They still need a central third party they can trust, like some of the big banks, right? That's how it's going to be. So these financial institutions are going against the Constitution and going against the written rules and laws um, in the country to cut out crypto. And they're doing it because they're scared. They know it's a better product. They know the people are naturally going to gravitate towards. They're going to take their money out of the banks, put it in crypto. And they just want to cut off the on and off ramps to crypto. And they have successfully, at this point, a quick update, with Signature Bank, uh, Silvergate Bank, which was the largest bank uh, providing services to crypto companies, already went down. They voluntarily, again, a quick reminder, the bank didn't go bankrupt they voluntarily stopped their uh, operations. So something happened in the back end. They probably got a threat of some kind from the Fed or something from some government agency making their life difficult. So they just decided to get out of the business. 
that's basically bullying that the government agencies are doing to uh, stop competition. Because guess what? Lobbying, which is basically a nice and legal way to say a bribing, um, all the lobbyists are major banks. They don't want crypto to take away their business. Banks are bleeding right now. And the more money that flows out of banks, the worse it gets. And the last thing they want is a bank run. And everybody knowing the banks are collapsing, the first thing they're doing is taking their money out of banks and putting it in crypto. They don't want that cash flow. So they basically probably paid the government even more to cause this to happen. Elizabeth Warren and all these people that claim to be your friend, that claim they're protecting, and I'm, I'm air quoting protecting, protecting your, uh, what do you call it? Protecting the average investor from the risks of crypto. And risk is, again, double quotes, as the banks around us collapse. It's, they get paid. Elizabeth Warren's net worth is $67 million. Well, if she's so clean, how does a senator that has a salary of about $100,000 get that much of a net worth? I guess if you do your enough digging, you'll see that most of that is paid by larger banks. I'm not accusing her of anything. I'm just saying something doesn't add up. So I do my research. I look at every person that is anti-crypto. I look at their net worth. They're all worth easily over $50 million. Brad Sherman is another one. Dude, dude is older than a tree. And he is so anti-crypto, you just can't get over how anti-crypto this guy is. He doesn't even get it. So anyway, Operation Chokepoint 2.0, what happened last week? So the White House does this annual economic report, which talks about the state of the economy and talks about innovation that's happening in the economic sector. The White House spent 15% of their report. Again, I'm going to repeat myself, guys. The White House spent 15% of the annual report for their economic report. It was devoted to FUD against crypto, basically debunking the merits of digital assets. Just a reminder, when the government puts out FUD against a technology, you know something's up. There's stages to technological adoption. The first is they they laugh at you. Second is they ignore you. Then they fight you. And then you win. So we've reached, we've reached the final stage. They're fighting us at this point. When the government itself puts 15% effort of the entire economic report discrediting, they went out of their way. Like I'm repeating myself to help you understand how important this is. We've reached the point where gov where the biggest government, like the biggest like country, biggest economy in the world is scared of crypto. That's where we stand today in 2023. It's going to be a world of pain for another couple of years, I think, because they're going to fight. They're going to fight and uh, they're going to use all their powers, all the money that they have to kind of nip this technology in their bud. But these people don't realize this is decentralized. The best they can do is drive the innovation offshores and it's just going to thrive somewhere else. And that is why I keep you updated on what other countries are doing, like, like UK, like Singapore, like Thailand, like UAE, like the EU, all these countries, all these places. They have pro-crypto regulations and all this innovation is going to be driven offshores. And this is what scares me. U.S. is going to get left behind.
because banking is not the future. It's been here for a while. They have sucked up all of our blood, all of our money. And at the same time, they keep pushing for getting more control. Uh, when I saw the report for JP Morgan and they were so proud to announce that they gained, they raised, uh, they actually, uh, their revenue report said they had $2.5 billion in overdraft fees. It just made me so mad. I'm like in, in a time like this, you're, you're excited about charging money to people that don't have any money. Those that are in crypto know that I could sit here right now, open up 15 different Ethereum accounts in under 30 seconds, and I'll pay $0 or 0 ETH to do that. And I could have those addresses have 0 ETH for the rest of my life, and nobody's going to charge me a fee. In times like these, when we have technology like this, when these banks are basically leeching money off of people that don't have any money, it makes me mad and it makes me want to push for crypto adoption even more. So you should, each one of you should be very proud of yourself that you're in this industry because this is your sole responsibility right now is to keep yourself educated, keep seeing what the government is doing, keep seeing what these banks are doing because the FUD that is going to come out in the next few years is going to be unparalleled. They're going to make you question why you're in this industry. They're going to make you question everything because they have the money. They can push any agenda that they want. They've been doing it for years. And um, the only difference is uh, we're more educated now. We have an option to opt out of the system and get into a system that makes more sense, that is more transparent, that is more equitable for everybody. So the fight goes on. Uh, CBDC updates. Again, um, I know you guys love this section because I give you updates on what the governments are doing. CBDCs are, again, another way for governments to control. There are people I'm yet to see. I'm an I'm a optimist. I'm, I try to be an optimist in this area because I love innovation. I always say that if a CBDC is implemented correctly, it can have a lot of benefits to unbank the banked. Um, increase uh, transaction speeds, uh, be more reliable, be more transparent, all of that stuff. But we all know if a government is going to create a CBDC at the central bank level, it's probably going to be for control. Just like, for, ex for example, um, government of China, government of Nigeria, they're getting desperate. I reminded you about what Nigerian government did, like people, only 1% of people over the last two years have adopted their CBDC because they don't trust the government. And what did the government do instead of being transparent about the trust? They put a physical limit on how much money you can take out of the ATM per week so that people are forced into using um, CBDCs. So it's like when governments stop caring about the people and all they care about is power, they stop thinking from their people's perspective. I'm like, oh, you don't want to use our CBDC? We're just going to make your life harder instead of being transparent and help you see the value behind the CBDC. If I was if I was a president of Nigeria, I would actually be more transparent. If my CBDC was to help the people, which they're claiming, I would be on record explaining the benefits of the CBDC instead of forcing limits on cash. That's just dystopian. It's like they don't even see what they're doing wrong. It's that's that's how power high these people have gotten over time. China's doing the same thing. 
But um, Russia, so I'm going to give you a quick update. So Russia has announced that uh, trading between Russia and China and a couple other countries is going to start happening in the digital yuan. So they're not going to use the U.S. dollar anymore. These countries that have been sanctioned by U.S., which is a lot of countries at this point, they're just building their own infrastructure. Indonesia, on the other hand, is doing the same thing. They're working on their own infrastructure for finance. And they're getting rid of MasterCard and Visa. They're completely opting out of the Western financial system because they know what happened in Russia. MasterCard and Visa just stopped their uh, stopped their services in Russia. So they know that could happen to them as well at some point. So they can rely on a third party in the West. So that's that's important to know. So coming back to the CBDC news. So the U.S. government, as you know, hasn't publicly come out to say that they are going to launch a CBDC. They, they have been working with independent groups like private companies to come out with their own um, CBDCs, uh, test those pilots and stuff. But reality is they're nowhere right now with that. But there's also speculation that is happening at this point where people are saying that the Fed now, for those of you that don't know, Fed now is a payment system that has been pushed uh, by the U.S. government. It's going to basically provide 24-7 transactions and almost instant payments. So there's a lot of speculation that Fed now is just the groundwork that has been put in place to push the CBDC by um, the U.S. Central Bank. So the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has introduced a statewide legislature for Florida to ban CBDCs. So DeSantis went on to record and said that if a CBDC is pushed out by the government, it's all going to be about surveillance and control of the population. So what makes me happy is when actual politicians step up and are vocal about the downsides of CBDCs and how dystopian it can get, um, it kind of helps our cause because then it's not just these crypto people. Like we, we really have a credibility problem. Traditional finance people, when you go to your grandma and talk about crypto, she just thinks you're selling drugs or you're funding terrorism or something. So the narrative is very negative against us because the people in power control the narrative. And all of the politicians, all of the mainstream media, the narrative is very negative. So when you see the narrative change at the politician level, and when you see politicians come out against CBDCs and tell you why they're bad, you can just share the clip. If you go to YouTube and search uh, DeSantis uh, CBDC ban, you'll find his testimony. You'll see the press release that he did. And you can send that link to all of your friends that that think crypto is a scam and the CBDC by the government is going to solve all their problems. No, it's the same crap. It's the same devalued unlimited money that the government can print. Now it's just digital. And on top of digital, they now get to control who gets to spend what. So just, just a word of thought there. Another incredible thing that's happening is Ted Cruz is also leading a Republican legislature to block a CDBC creation at the Fed level. So he, he is also citing same reasons to protect the privacy of Americans because that is a constitutional right. If they have property, 
why would a why would crypto be treated different than cash like holding cash nobody has rights to see how much cash you have in your house then why the why should they have control over how much money you have when a cbdc is rolled out the government can literally track every transaction that you have if the correct regulations aren't put in place if there's no opposition if tomorrow i, I i'll give you an example if there's like pro green or something um pro green agenda that's being pushed or something uh if you buy too much gasoline they could block your account you you can't buy any more gasoline it's as simple as that your day-to-day -day life can get disrupted because you did something the government doesn't like well i don't know about you i don't know when we started living in china in the us so the government's heading that way uh for complete control so it's good to see that different politicians from different parties are coming together to uh, kind of block all this. So coming back to DeSantis, not only is he pushing this for Florida, he's kind of collaborating with 20 other, 20 other states right now to come up with a comprehensive plan to fight back uh, with the Fed uh, to completely block the creation of a CDBC because um, it's not good for the privacy of the average person. Um, that is all I had for CBDC updates. I'll keep you updated on where that where that law goes. And uh, it's difficult with Democrats being in power because Democrats are anti-crypto. And it's not an opinion that I have. It's based on facts and everything that has happened with the SEC and uh, the crackdown on crypto and pushing it out of traditional finance. If you are a person with any common sense, you will see that the current administration is anti-innovation. So... MasterCard, talking about MasterCard, they are now collaborating with the APAC region. What is the APAC region? It is the Asia Pacific region. Multiple countries fall into that. It's a huge region. Um, what they're working on is allowing stable coins to be spent from your wallet you know, on any merchant that accepts MasterCard. MasterCard is very well established. It's all over the world. So being able to spend your stable coins and this is currently uh, only a test. It's not in public right now. So once the test goes successfully, they'll be opening it up. You'll be able to spend your stable coins on any merchant that accepts MasterCard. So that will be huge for adoption because I know I'll be using some stable coins for that stuff. Immutable X news. So Immutable X is a layer two solution on top of Ethereum, which is specifically designed for gaming and the metaverse for microtransactions. They have partnered and come into a strategic partnership with uh, Polygon. And if you notice and remember, I, I shared a few weeks ago, Polygon has officially put out a launch date for their ZK EVM. So zero, zero knowledge proof EVM, which is an enhanced version of the EVM on the Ethereum chain. And this ZK EVM is basically going to, um, Immutable X is going to use a version of that ZK EVM to create a roll-up solution. And a roll-up solution is basically another scaling solution on top of Ethereum. So it's only going to make Immutable X faster. So it's good for gaming, uh, Web3 gaming in general, because the future of gaming lies in Web3. People want to own their assets. People want to own the skins they get in the game. They want to be able to trade them on an open market. They want to be able to trade the weapons that they get. They want to be able to trade the characters that they get, get emblems and achievements in, in form of NFTs. 
all that stuff. So it's going to be exciting for uh, adoption. And you already know Polygon is moving by a ton of strides. They're making a lot of big moves and um, in terms of not just adoption, but innovation. So this all is really good for Ethereum because this is all in the Ethereum ecosystem. Layer twos are basically sitting on top of Ethereum. Final transactions that happen, I cannot emphasize more that the more layer two adoption we get, it's better for Ethereum long-term. So um, it just helps the network effect that Ethereum gets over time. It, and it basically crushes the argument that Ethereum is slow. People that still claim Ethereum is slow are people that do not know about layer twos. And layer twos, the um, total value locked on layer twos is going up exponentially for the past few months. So that is incredible. There is a nonprofit that is based out of um, England, and it's called the DLT Science Foundation. It has put out a $5 million grant, and it's accepting applications for DLT um, DLT adoption. And DLT is not a, not a sandwich, not a BLT. What DLT stands for is Distributed Ledger Technology, and it's another fancy way to say blockchain. So $5 million being put out by this nonprofit for blockchain research. Um, next piece, a uh, quick reminder to everybody. I posted in the crypto channel in our server a layer two solution called Arbitrum. If you haven't heard about them, they're huge. Um, they are officially announcing their airdrop. So do not get scammed, first of all. Go to our uh, crypto channel, and you can also research for yourself. It's arbitrum.foundation. Um, they have a the ARB token is going to get airdropped to eligible people. And who are the people that are eligible? You can check your eligibility by just connecting your wallet to that website, and um, it'll tell you if you have interacted, if you were included in the a snapshot, if you were someone that used Arbitrum in the past, if you bridged your assets to Arbitrum layer two and used any swaps or DEXs or anything on any D app on the Arbitrum network. The airdrop is supposed to happen in the next 12 hours and it's going to continue happening over time. So yeah, go check that out. If you use Arbitrum, grab your uh, airdrop. I know an airdrop happened for Optimism, which is another layer two solution a few months ago, about five to six months ago, I think. Um, and again, keep an eye out for other layer twos. I think all layer two solutions are going to eventually come out with their own token. Um, so keep an eye out for ZK Snark. That's another layer two that doesn't have a token yet. Um, so yeah, if you haven't used these layer twos, it doesn't hurt to throw in like $20, $30 worth of ETH and bridging it over to these layer twos from Ethereum using a bridge. And uh, maybe you qualify for future airdrops. Who knows, right? It's free money, technically. Um, so Keep an eye out for that. Um, again, a reminder, why are Layer 2 so important? Because Ethereum main chain currently in its current state can only process about 16 transactions a second. So what these Layer 2s do is they process transaction off of the main Ethereum chain. They go off to a so, sort of a side chain, and they can process about thousands of, like tens of thousands of transactions per second. And once those transactions are done, they bundle them up nicely in a big packet and throw them right onto the main chain. And there's just a proof that goes onto the main chain of the transaction that have been bundled in. 
So it just makes the whole process a lot faster. The fees are incredibly cheap on layer two. I was using Arbitrum last week to swap some tokens. I paid like 20 cents or something uh, to do the swap uh, with like 90, 90 GUI uh, fee or something. So for 90 GUI, I paid like 20 cents. So layer two adoption is, is here to be. If you haven't used layer two on Ethereum, learn about that. If you don't, if you're scared about it, reach out to me, I can help you. Um, but get used to using layer twos. If you use Ethereum and you, if you use DeFi, uh, layer two is where you want to be. So with that, um, those are all the updates I had for today. I want to thank each and every one of you. That's why I do this weekly roundups. And that's why you need to be here every week because you can keep a pulse on what the governments are doing, what regulations are, uh, are happening what the infrastructure updates are looking like, what adoption is looking like. So if all the things are looking positive, then there's no reason to not be in the industry. But otherwise, you, you want to be careful. VR Leon and we are going to make it. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time zone you're in. We'll see you next week, same place, same time. Love you all.